Do you understand the process? Guys, in sports, there's this term, it's in the development industry, and it's called this, embrace the process. And embracing the process is what high performers know of doing the right things day in and day out. And that's how you embrace the process. But my question for you and the question we're going to be exploring today is, what about God's process? I talk to a lot of guys that are double-minded. They're not sure of where they are in life. They have one step forward, a couple steps backwards. They don't have clarity. They just feel stuck. They know they're called to greatness. They have this desire within their heart. However, they're still struggling. They're still trying to get clarity and something's missing. What's missing? The process and understanding of God's process and where you are. And that's what we're going to dive into and explore in today's show. And I promise you, I am going to share some things with you today that you probably never heard of before. You probably never thought about these things. And I'm going to challenge you. We need to rethink the way we look at our circumstances, the process we find ourselves in, so we can reframe. So once you know how God operates in your life, how he's operated in the lives of men that we see modeled throughout scripture, then you can start to reframe and you can start to find yourself and submit to God's process for you. Let's get into it. This is Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the ambitious Christian man identify, unlock, and access spiritual secrets and strategies grounded in biblical truth so you can run your race and maximize your impact and influence. It's time to lead yourself, your family, and your world. Let's get after it. Okay, guys, so welcome back to the show. I got a big announcement. I'm going to open up with an announcement. So I just got the news this week at the time I'm recording this that the standard the book, The Standard, Discovering Jesus as the Standard for Masculinity, turned into a reading plan on Uversion, the popular Bible app. So this is really excited. I submitted this um, into Uversion a long time ago. It's been in the process for a while. And I'll just tell you my approach with the way I do everything and the way that I've approached this podcast, the way I approach building Standard 59, the website, the way I approach writing the standard is that I'm being obedient to what God is calling me to do. And I do it and I show up and I'm faithful and I'm consistent and I plant seeds and I water seeds, but God controls the outcome. I can't control the outcome. And if you think you can control the outcome or you're striving to control the outcome, well, that's what you're doing. You are striving. We plant, we water, we're faithful, we show up, and then we put it in God's hands and we let him do the rest. So this week I got some really good news because he did something for me where he opened up a publishing partnership with Uversion so you can expect more Bible plans being rolled out throughout the year. And we kicked off with discovering Jesus as the standard for masculinity. Get the Bible app. You probably already have it. Lots of great translations in there. Craig Rochelle is doing a great job with Uversion and what he makes available all for free to the public. So if you don't have the Bible app, download the Bible app. It's that great icon that says Holy Bible and get that. And then you can search under plans and just type in discovering Jesus as the standard for masculinity, or you can go to the section on men. They're all categorically and topically organized. And when you get into the section on men, you'll find the standard. It looks just like the cover of the book. And if you download that or just sign up for it, you don't even download anything to your phone that will put it in your queue. And you can take a look at it. And in six days, you'll learn some of what I call the high performance habits of Jesus. So why do I call them the high performance habits of Jesus? Because 
all high performers have certain traits, skills, habits, and practices, rituals, routines that they do that enable them to walk out life at a high performance level. And that's what I see Jesus doing. He's a high performer. He shows up and he shows out on the things God, his father calls him to do. And he doesn't do it by accident. He doesn't do it by chance. He does it by consistent daily habits. And we're going to explore more about that in today's show. All right, guys. So if I take the book, the standard and the premise of it, and I boil it down to one statement, it's simply this. Jesus is man as God intended man to be. Now, that's a loaded statement. That is full of so much that we could explore and discover and discuss, and I'm not even qualified to break that down fully. What does that mean as Jesus comes into humanity? And it's just so powerful, so big, so broad, so sweeping. But today, I want to take a look at a specific dimension in the life of Jesus to help us understand the process. Because if you want to know what the process is that God uses— I think we really need to look at the life of Jesus to see the process that God puts his only begotten son through. What can we learn from the life of Jesus? So today's show is all about the process. And I want to start with this. I want to start with the backstory of Jesus. In the Bible, in the New Testament, we have the documented ministry of Jesus, which is about three to three and a half years or so. Okay, but we know that he went into ministry at the life of 30. He died at 33. So there's 30 years we don't really have a lot of documentation on. We have a few things. We know we know about his birth. We know what he was doing at age 12 in the temple. And we know that he enters his public ministry at age 30. And what's interesting about that is 30 years old is the age that the rabbis entered their ministry. So to be a rabbi, you had to wait until you were 30 years old to embrace that title of rabbi. And we see Jesus do that. If we look at that, we could start to think that he was just passively on the sidelines, just waiting for his number, waiting for 30 to come up so he could fulfill that and he could be officially a rabbi at 30 years old. And if you're thinking that it was just this passive approach, you're totally wrong. And if you want to know more about that, I explore this in episode 81 titled Stop Delaying Growth with This Secret Hidden in Scripture. And in that episode, I want to encourage you to check it out for yourself if you haven't already listened to it. But you'll find out Jesus was not passive. He was not hanging out on the sidelines. He was not waiting to be called up. He was very aggressive and proactive in doing the work that his father called him to do. And he had to cut a path forward. That's what it says in Scripture. That's what it implies. So there's nothing passive about Jesus before he enters his earthly ministry. So we're talking about the process. And I want you to check this out because I want to take you behind the curtain on the early life of Jesus. There's not a lot of documentation about this. However, if we want to understand God's process and see Jesus as man, as God intended man to be, then we should explore the early years to see what we can find. So let's go treasure hunting. Let's dig up something. And in Proverbs chapter 25, verse 2, it says, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter. It's the honor of a king to discover it. So we're going to exercise some curiosity today, and we're going to discover what we can find out about the early life of Jesus. So number one, I want to tell you this, like we know throughout scripture, and, and if you've been listening to me, you know that we focus on prayer here. So guys, let's start with this. Jesus was a man of prayer. Okay, this is a hallmark. This is a cornerstone in his life. And if you think that he started praying and talking and teaching about prayer after his baptism in the Jordan, you would be gravely mistaken. 
Jesus was living a life. He was building a habit of accessing his father through unbroken fellowship throughout his whole life. And he teaches us later in Matthew 6, he says, when you pray, go into your prayer closet, shut the door and speak to your father. Jesus was shutting the door his entire life. He was shutting the door for 30 years before he steps into his ministry. So he teaches and he preaches out of his own experience. That is a high performance habit. Write that one down, put it in the bank and start to practice it because that is the life of dependence that Jesus models for us. Okay, so let's take a look at what his early life would have been like. Jesus was enrolled in the school of life. Now, what do I mean by that? He was a builder, okay? He worked with his hands. He was a blue collar guy. And that means he started as an apprentice. He didn't go right into the position of master builder. He would have came up through the ranks. Joseph, his earthly father, would have taken him on and showed him this trade in this humble town, this small town of Nazareth. Okay, remember the scripture. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? This was not like a metropolis. This was not a booming city with tons of business. This was a humble beginning. This was a small place. And Jesus would have started making really humble objects. He would have started making tools, maybe some furniture, some finishes, and eventually some humble homes. And this work would have been done in his humanity, totally in obscurity, out of the public eye for years. He would have developed this. He would have punched that clock. He would have showed up. And as he developed his skill set, as he submitted to the process, as he embraced his work ethic and followed the leading of the master, he would have worked his way up into building and furnishing and stepping into the title of being that master craftsman. But it didn't start on day one. So we see even in Jesus's life that he humbled himself and embraced a certain process. Now, I want to share something that you may have never thought about. Do you know that the Gospels never make any mention of Joseph, Jesus's earthly father, during the time of his public ministry? He's not present. He's not there. And uh, we can see that Mary is there, that his siblings are there. In fact, in Matthew chapter 13, we have the name of Jesus's four brothers, James, Joseph, Simon, and Judas. And we also have a reference to his sister. So Jesus had, uh, he came from a big family. He had siblings. But we don't see Joseph mentioned anywhere. And that would have fit the tradition that Joseph died early in Jesus's youth. He never made it to see the ministry of Jesus. And when we put the Jewish tradition together, the custom, and we add some math to it, what I've found, it's been suggested that Joseph could have died when Jesus was anywhere between the ages of 15 to 18 years old. And there's possibly eight siblings, eight children of which Jesus would have been the oldest. So it's at this point, if Joseph's out of the picture and the family is a family of eight, Mary's a widow, Jesus becomes the man of the household. Jesus is now the head of the household and he has to provide for the family. So I want you to think about that because we don't hear a lot about this, but this makes total sense that Jesus would have had the man up and provide for the family. This means he would have led that family. He would have been there for his brothers, his sisters, for his mother, who's now a widow, and he would have stayed with them and provided for them and worked for the family until they were all of the appropriate age, until they had the competency and the skill set and the development to start to earn a living for themselves. So he would have been present. He would have been in the house and he would have been leading. So I want you to picture this. Jesus is working hard, right? He's in the small town of Nazareth. He's working hard. He's getting up early because he's got to put food on the table because he's got to provide clothing and he's staying up late. And in addition to that, 
He's walking into his calling. He's exercising this prayer life. He's meeting with his father and he's exhibiting this dependence on God as he's in obscurity, as he's in the process. So can you imagine the meetings that Jesus would have had with Mary? Think about the late night meetings, maybe after the brothers and sisters are in bed and they would be discussing what do they need? What do they have to pull their budget together for? Who needs food? Do we have enough clothes? Do we have enough resources right now? What about their education? What about the way we're bringing them up? Are we bringing them up according to right, the right morals and the right traditions and Jewish customs? Guys, this sounds like a very regular, blue collar, mediocre life. You know, there's this verse in Hebrews, it's chapter five, verse eight, where this is what it says about Jesus. It says that although he was a son, he learned obedience from the things which he suffered. Jesus was living in obscurity. He was living in mediocrity. He was living a normal life and he was exhibiting self-sacrifice. He was exhibiting leadership and he was submitted in obedience to the process that was chosen for him by his father. So what many people would look at and call mediocrity, God calls the process. So guys, back to this version plan that I put together, it all comes from the book. What I'm explaining to you here are different character traits, different skill sets, different habits that Jesus exhibits in his character. He is a man of discipline. He is a man of diligence. He is a man of prayer. And if you wanna explore that more, it's all in the book, The Standard, but if you wanna access the reading plan and do a six day devotional, you can get it on version. I'll drop the link below. And this theme is all about self-mastery. It's all about submitting to the process. It's all about walking out a life that Jesus gives us as an example, a template and a blueprint. So I want to tell you something that I've observed in the life of Jesus is that think about him as he's leading this family, as he's helping out, as the father's all of a sudden not on the scene anymore. And he's got a mom who's a widow and he's got brothers and sisters to take care of. And he's in this small town and he's now running this building shop and he's working with his hands. This is a model of sacrificial living. This is Jesus sacrificing. I'm sure he had a desire in his humanity to be with the rabbis. We see that at age 12. I'm sure he had a desire to reason with them, to step into the scene, to engage in the education that other rabbis were getting trained in, but that wasn't what God had in store for him. He was living this lifestyle totally normal, sacrificing, putting others first, and this was a form of the cross. You know, the cross was being formed in Jesus's life by his self-sacrifice well beyond and before he gets to the cross. Well beyond, he exhibits himself as the ultimate sacrifice. So guys, we talked about the process that it can look like mediocrity, but I'm gonna reframe it. It really looks like consistency. It really looks like showing up when you don't feel like it. It really looks like being content with where you are and being faithful and showing up and being steadfast with the circumstances that God has you in right now in this season. So you might be thinking, and if you've been listening to the show, you might've heard me talk about the unfair advantage. I actually have an email challenge right now called the unfair advantage. And you might be saying, hey, Josh, where's the unfair advantage fit in? You're talking about mediocrity. You're talking about a process that doesn't sound awesome. It doesn't sound great. So what about this other power that you're mentioning? So yeah, let's talk about that for a moment. I never said that the unfair advantage is easy. I never said following Christ is easy. I never said submitting to God's process is easy. However, I also never said you do it in your own strength. 
I also never said, and we never see any man of God, and we never see Jesus striving for something, pushing in his own hustle, pushing in his own strength. And that's what many of you guys are doing. Many men are out there trying to forge their way without the grace of God on their life, without understanding the process, pushing too early, half-stepping, being double-minded, moving forward, moving backward, unclear, unstuck, because you don't understand how to access the unfair advantage. And if you get into that challenge, and if you look under the hood, you're gonna find out what that number one non-negotiable is that every man of God has and that Jesus models perfectly as the perfect son. So I encourage you, sign up for that training. It's 11 days. See if you can submit to it. See if you can take it. I challenge you to take it because it's going to help you step into understanding who you are and more importantly, understanding God's process. And if you really want to know, like, how do you deal with years of obscurity? How do you deal with the process when you don't feel like it, when you don't have your compass, your GPS, right? And you're wondering, where am I? Am I in the will of God? What's happening here? I want you to know that there is a secret that's available. And I share that with you and I show it to you and I model it for you. And you do it in participation with us in the Unfair Advantage Challenge. So check that out because that is a key to the life of Jesus as he's living in obscurity. It is no question the most powerful secret of how to understand the process and how to take territory when and where God tells you to take it. So guys, where are you in the process? So guys, I told you I wanted you to reframe and rethink about the way you see yourself and your circumstances. So do that right now. Start to reframe where are you in life? How can you start viewing where you are? Can you see God's hand? Can you see him developing faithfulness, consistency? What fruit are you bringing forward right now in your life? You should be bearing fruit. Even if you feel like you're in a dry place, you still should be showing an increase in your character, in the fruit of the spirit, in what God wants to see in your life. And that's what qualifies you. That's what appoints you. That's what gets you ready for acceleration to step into your assignment. Because when Jesus steps into his assignment, it happens fast. Guys, it happens through a suddenly. So years and years can be collapsed into one moment when you are positioned for promotion, when your attitude is right, when you're humble, when you're submitting yourself to God's process. Until the next episode, let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map, and you can get it at standard59.com. In The Map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get The Map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.